This is not. That is my not water. the water. She just paid four dollars now. Nope, I didn't. That was the <laughs> gift the from the people. Yeah, that was. Oh, the gift I would feel bad. I would give you four dollars. You should say yes. You might not want to have it near the. Okay. That terrible sparkling. It's water. disgusting and fizzy. <laughs> <laughs> Dudes to Dads is a podcast to help men understand and navigate the transition of being a single dude into a family man. How do we make sense of it all? Well, we probably won't be able to, but let's go ahead and have some fun trying. And we are back. We're back. How you doing, Alan? Doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Yeah. This is Dudes to Dads. I'm Jason Kreidman. I'm Alan Bush. And we've got a very special guest today. Yeah. You can call her Dr. G. Dr. G. I love that. You can call her... Like a rap name. Dr. Deborah Gilboa. Well, this is more accurate. But I like Dr. G. I don't think it says Dr. G on your um, degree, does it? <laughs> your PhD? It does if you take an MD, actually. But if you MD. take off a few of the letters. Oh. <laughs> so, yes, we were talking with a parenting expert, board certified family physician, mother of four boys. Oh, right. oh yes. So you're a certified mom. Yeah. International uh, parenting writer and speaker. Um, she also, her website, askdrg.com, has a cool. bunch of uh, great articles, videos. She's on social media all over the place. Yeah. I came in contact with her because I was reading her material, and we coordinated some timing, and now we are actually on location. We're on location. I, lo- I always wanted to say that. <laughs> We're on location at the uh, Paradise Point? Point Resort yeah. in San Diego. Right. Recording. Yeah. And this, this is pretty is cool. So this she happened really to be cool. in town. We hooked up and And this place lives up to its name. It it's is amazing. very nice. I actually have stayed here and it, it's wonderful. They yeah. they're yeah, great great staff, great amenities. Cool it's restaurants really around the corner. And I'm not doing that just so they give us free room. <laughs> wink, Although that wink. Would, that would be cool. <laughs> um but welcome. Okay. Thank is you Dr. So G much. okay? Perfect. Okay. Thanks so much. <laughs> so the topic that we are gonna uh, be discussing today is bullying. Mm. What do you think about that? Well, my last name is Bush. So I, I'm privy to being bullied oh, when I was a kid. That makes that sense. went really well. And even now, because but I'm a of the bigger. president or because of other reasons, uh, secondary sex characteristics, whatever you want to have the name for Bush. Got it. Shrubs. Got the it. Presidents that were vice president and president. Yeah. Okay. So bullying is very uh, hits close to. Oh yeah, career. I'm aware of it. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of a couple different facets of of bullying, and I think. Uh, Dr. G is going to, you know, explain some of the things that uh, from her perspective and some of the things she sees. But, you know, we're going to talk on both sides. And what I mean by that is, you know, when the child or your child is a victim of bullying. And then there's also the idea that actually your child is the bully. Mm. You actually wrote an article about this or Mm -hmm. had a video as well. Um, Why don't we talk about the first one, which is, you know, the kids being a victim of bullying. And that's something that is kind of most common we hear it in the media it's a very hot topic um and it's terrifying for parents because at its worst it leads kids to suicide right and there were some statistics i just read that was like 25 percent of kids think about suicide or something i mean it was it was something you know really really high the kids who are bullied Mm -hmm. um you know they they think about those kinds of things and it's just horrible to think about um it was one in five consider suicide one in ten actually attempt it 
wow. the kids who are bullied. The kids yeah. who are bullied, yeah. That is, I mean, that's sobering. Yeah, yeah. And it makes me think that the level of bullying that I experienced or, you know, was part of, like, was very minor by comparison to what people, you know, I've seen go through or even on videos we've well, seen these. Alan, that's terrible. a really important point because there's a whole spectrum of what it means to be bullied. Right. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that spectrum, you know, and, and there, we, we had before this interview, we were, we were, we started, we were sort of talking about this and you're kind of enlightened me. It's like, there's, there's bullying, but some yeah. of it is about life. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Some of it yeah. just is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. So the issue with bullying is if someone feels threatened and constantly oppressed, you can completely understand why they feel like my life isn't worth living. Right. That's at one end of the spectrum. And when you look at those numbers, that's worse than any disease that affects children, mm -hmm. right? Anything that I see in my office as a medical professional, anything that kids go to the hospital for, this issue of bullying is far more prevalent. So yeah, we should be paying close attention to it, but it is a small percentage of kids who are bullied because most kids experience bullying at some point in their childhood. It's a small percentage of those kids for whom it gets to be that bad. So we are, or do you think we're just labeling it different because it's become more in the media and such? I mean, I think it's a little bit reactionary, but for a good reason, because decades ago, that's just kids being kids. You got to toughen up. It's normal. You got in a fight. Suck it up. Some kid called you a name and you got in an argument. Yeah. Right. You know, or exactly. Right. And so parents would minimize it. So now I think in reaction to that partially, we are to some extent maximizing it. I don't mean to say for a second that it's not serious or important, but we do sometimes maximize it so much so that we get in our own way about fixing it. Because if you tell me my kid's a bully, I'm out in front of him protecting him. How could you say such a thing? You're saying my child is evil, that he's a sociopath, that he's dangerous. Mm. So I can't hear that. Right. And then I can't see that maybe there's a grain of truth in what you're saying. Yeah, you would never see your child as the bad child. Right. Either. I mean, you're going to say... No, that's got to be something else. Or he was right. even influenced by something. Or right. He or she. I shouldn't mm -hmm. say all yeah, true, boys. Yeah. Although you have four boys. So everything's here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. uh, <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's just, I'm sure, as prevalent in females. It is absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes more insidious. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Actually. Wow. Well, yeah, that's what um, some of the parenting stuff. When I remember learning, they were talking about how, you know, boys are mean versus girls are mean. And a lot of times girls are exclusionary. You know, that's okay. something, you know, and that is a form of bullying. I mean, being and exclusionary. And girls are much better at seeming nice uh, when behind it. the adult's back, they're giving that look uh, that says, I'll get you later. Or, you know, the teacher thinks I'm the nicest one, but I'm not inviting you to my birthday party. <laughs> uh, there's a great book by Rachel Simmons called Odd Girl Out. Okay. Um, and she actually talks about three roles in the bullying situation, the bullied, the bullier, and the bystanders. Ooh, and there's yeah. a lot of great talk in schools now about so kids just not doing anything right, about how bystanders can step in and champion and say, "Hey, that's not acceptable here. Got it. We don't do that here," and that creates a culture that minimizes bullying, which is great. I see. Minimizes no. the behavior. Yeah, you feel like you have that support around you that you know you know. Yeah. I mean, whether the kids liked or not, people just kind of saying. Hey, that's not right. right. And to yeah. the kid who ends up at that horrible suicidal ideation point, they did not feel supported. They didn't feel like anybody saw, cared, would step in, had Fair their back. Yeah, that's a good anything. point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's true. I mean, so, you know, we're like I said, we're talking about bullying and, and, and I, you know, I kind of wanted to touch on the different um, areas where we get bullied. I mean, we talk about school and the playground, you know, or whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it. Except now that's home. There's no yeah. break. If we got bullied at school, if you got bullied about your name mm -hmm. or anything else at school, 
by the time you got home, home was a safe place. Home's not a safe place now for any kid whose friends have access to social media. Uh, yeah, it that's never a turns really off. Big yeah, that's so that's another area. Problem. I mean, you have your yeah. friends. So let's say, I mean, I, I, when I think about this in terms of myself and my growing up, I, I think of my school. Um, I then think of my street, you know, because we played yeah. with all yeah. the kids yeah. on the, the street, yeah, the neighborhood. The neighborhood. Um, but, you know, I didn't have Twitter, right. Facebook, you know, Instagram. that kind of thing. Instagram, yep. Snapchat, all the other things that are right. you know, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but the cyberbullying now, and I'm, I'm assuming, obviously, that as you get a little older in the teens and that kind of thing, that that's where that becomes... It yeah. starts as soon as kids have access to social media because it's far easier to be mean from behind a screen. Oh, yeah. And I deal it from a distance. It's a lot. Well, easier. also yeah. anonymously. Yeah. yeah. That, anonymously. That's part yeah. of it, too. Ask right? FM yeah. and some other websites that make it way too easy to say terrible things without ever revealing your own identity. And the bystander thing is easier too, both easier to let it go by mm-hmm. and harder to take a stand. Got it. So. You know, some so let's let's just you know talk about some action items. I mean, we, we can talk about all the different types of bullying and define them and stuff. But really, you know, the, kind of the point of the podcast, what we try to do is offer tips and yeah. things like that. So if we start with a child or your child is bullied, um, you know, what are some things to do to handle that? You know, even if it's just a couple things to say, you know, your child comes home from school whether they were roughed up, whether they were stuff talked to, you know, something was said about them, whatever. How do you, dif- you know, differentiate, like you said, okay, these are these, that was something mean, but I don't know that I would consider that bullying. That's just a mean person that, you know, maybe said something wrong. Um, because a bully is usually trying to get you to do something. Yeah, it's one thing of like picking on somebody. Just, just, Which oh, is also not okay. Right, no, but I mean, but, you know, there's a thing, you know, in the East Coast especially, you grew up in, in which you did, uh, and, and grew up in that environment, and some people are just, this is the way they do it, almost like a friendly term of endearment, like, ah, you're, you're crazy or whatever. They just kind of, you know... Sarcas- sarcasm. Sarcasm yeah, yeah, yeah. on some level. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that, you know, the, what's the Yeah, the, the words that my boys part? have, the names that their best friends call them, and they call their best friends with a big smile and a hearty backslap. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wow. I mean, if somebody calls you that, in a I'd bar be, you'd be like are we gonna fight but is yeah. that intent is that intent you know is that because they're not trying to manipulate them yeah mm. so we we can be called anything we say we're okay being called on the flip side you can't use a nickname for somebody if they disagree that that's their nickname if they don't want to be called that right right and so whether or not you like it as a term of endearment yeah. or a nickname decides whether or not it's okay so my yeah. sister's making fun of my teeth when i was younger yeah that was bullying. <laughs> it was I mean, in a mild way, but see how there's this spectrum. So that was unlikely to push you to the edge. Right. Um, except maybe to be upset. Tattling yeah. or, <laughs> you know, ripping the head off a doll or something, right. <laughs> something that would get them back where they would right. know it. And when there's an equal playing field, and it happens with siblings too, sometimes it's bullying and sometimes it's bickering. And what I say to parents to try and figure out which it is when you hear an interaction and don't let age fool you, mm-hmm. your younger one is just as likely to try right. bullying an older child as mm-hmm. the other way around, is I say, pretend that the kid who said the thing you weren't sure you liked to your child, pretend it wasn't your child. Pretend you overheard it on the playground. Would you name it bullying? Well, if you would, then even if it's your other sweet child that said it, right. it's still bullying. If not, if it's an equal playing field and they're both, that's bickering. And I actually have a video on my site about if your kids are bickering and you hate it, teach them to take it elsewhere or stop. 
But bullying, you have to step in. I tell parents, be grateful when you catch your kids bullying one another because then you don't have to hear the whole story and decide third hand if it was really bullying. You can say that, kiddo, that's bullying. Mm-hmm. That right. doesn't fly. Mm-hmm. So what do we teach them? I mean, what, you know, well, a t- couple things. What do we do ourselves? And then what do we do for the kid who is being bullied? The victim, if you will. Right. Because we also, I mean, you got to be careful to creating a victim. Mm-hmm. Um, right. What do we do in those situations? You know, your kids, let's give an example. Your kid is, you know, it's my child, seven years old, comes home from school crying, People were being, you know, somebody or, you know, was being very, very mean and has repeatedly been mean to the, you know, my child. What do you do? So the first thing is empathy. You have to accept their emotions. We get into a lot of struggles when we tell people how to feel. Well, don't be sad. You know, don't be scared. That's what we want. We want our kids to not be sad and not be scared. But what we have to teach them is we can accept their emotions. Validate the feelings, yeah. too. And right. that matters. Yeah. Telling, First of all, telling people how to feel is useless because it never works. <laughs> I say that the most three useless words in any language in a sentence are, don't worry, mom. Right? <laughs> so telling someone how to feel is not only useless, so why waste your time? It's also disrespectful. Right. It says, your feelings? No, you picked the wrong feelings. You're, that Those are wrong feelings. <laughs> like, why tell me? And, yeah. then, and the next time, somebody's not going to probably tell you. I mean, right. that's, yeah, we talked, we have quite a bit of episodes of, you know, we bring in the, the topic of empathy quite a bit of, mm-hmm. you know, in many different instances. So, okay. So we can be empathetic. And, and you don't have to say, I would feel the same way in your situation if you wouldn't, but you can say, I hear that you're feeling ashamed. That sounds yeah. terrible. Or yeah. Right. That yeah. sounds really hard. And whether or not you, you might, I don't want you to be ashamed of our religion, our race, our this, your hair, whatever. Of course, you don't want them to. Those are your feels. Tell someone else. (laughs) Don't tell your kiddo about those because they're coming to you to help them out. So first, we accept their emotions. Okay. Now, we don't have to accept their emotions over and over again for four hours. We accept (laughs) their emotions, reflect them back, validate them. Okay. I hear that you're feeling ashamed. I hear that you're worried that you won't have any friends. Okay. Then say, what have you tried so far? Because you don't want to, first of all, suggest things assume, that have already done. Right. Assume well, that they've done nothing. Well, did you say something nothing. to them? You know, I mean, right. Yeah, we already. Right. Yeah. So, you know, not, well, well and when you told the teacher, what did they say? <laughs> uh, d- uh, d- now I'm in trouble because I didn't know. Just what have you tried so far? Right. And they may say nothing. I didn't know what to do. And you say, well, you did something, actually. Did you walk go back away. to class? Did yeah. you walk away? Did you sit there? And then say, how did that go? If they say, well, I walked away. How did that go? Well, they did stop. Or I heard them say they ran after me or I heard them saying it to another kid down, you know, behind me. So then they can evaluate. I tried something. What was the outcome? Did it help or it didn't? Because what you're building is their sense of themselves as problem solvers. Yep. And that's something I want for my kids. They're going to experience people who treat them in ways they don't want to be treated, whether or not it's bullies or bullying or whatever we call it or whatever we're calling it 15 years from now, <laughs> right. they're going to experience people treating them in ways they don't it's like. It's how can they deal with it? Or, yeah. it and, and we talked a little bit about that beforehand too is, you know, the idea that we say, oh, you know, that's going to hurt somebody's feelings. It's going to, you know, we, we have a lot of this in our society about everything that you say and do and how it affects other people and everything. But we don't teach a tremendous amount, especially to children. I've, you know, just learning this as an adult <laughs> um, that, I have the decision of how people's words and actions affect me. Right. I can decide, wow, that person just said something that would be considered horrible. Mm-hmm. Am I upset about that? 
like, do I just brush it off? Like I have that power. And when you give that power, that's really, you're giving that power up, right. you know, that to the other person to say, okay, what you just said, now you're in control. You've just made me feel horrible. And that's, you know, what I've tried with my kids and granted, they're still very young is to kind of say, you know, you're your own boss. You know, you have, I have control. to tell you, Jason, I think that's gone back far on you. You think so? <laughs> no, just that that phrase. Oh, you're your own boss. You're it actually be like, did. Put that away, and they're gonna be like, "No, I'm no, my own boss." Actually, you're it, bullying me. <laughs> my my five year old already did. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm very careful. <laughs> okay. About it, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right on. My daughter, I think she was four actually, and she goes, "I said something," and she goes, "Nuh-uh, I'm my own boss." And I was like, I feel "You like, are? No, like, no, you are not." I know. And so, I, but I was trying to what I meant by that. I was trying to explain <laughs> you, you're in control of yourself, yes. you know. And then I would go into that, but you're absolutely right. It, it just backfired a couple times um, but the because like the, my seven-year-old has to do the laundry and if he thought he was his own boss he would never do the laundry yeah. <laughs> no it, it is it's about the emotion if we are able to teach them that they have that decision and that power to be able to you know just decide if that bothers them then when the bullying or the words or the you know the actions are brought up upon them they're they're going to probably react a little less and stronger and that kind of thing. For sure. For kids who have the maturity or the experience to do that, I was a camp counselor. I had a group of 10-year-olds at an overnight camp, 12 girls, and one of the girls was very used to getting her own way. And as she discovered that the other girls had their own opinions and weren't always going to do that, her reactions got more and more extreme. And one day we're sitting at lunch and she said something and I walked up to the table to hear her say, well, if you don't do what I want you to, my family will sue your family and your family will have to live in a box. (laughs) And the kids all looked at me and like, what are you going to do? And the girl she was threatening, this goes back a couple of years, looked at me and said, what what do I say? And I kind of chuckled and I said, I think she just threatened you with homelessness and the girls all busted up laughing and it completely diffused the situation and this girl well she felt stupid I'm sure I I think she did feel a little bit stupid but not in a way that made it impossible for her to continue being social at that meal and she never threatened anybody with homelessness again that summer I don't know what happened after that (laughs) but it also taught those other girls that sometimes you can laugh at something really ridiculous you don't have to take it to the bank no yeah that's a very difficult thing to do that girl felt supported by a lot of other girls who were like Really? A box? (laughs) So if it had been a different situation where she felt singled out and and disconnected or disenfranchised from the rest of the group, it could have had a different outcome. It's not a one size fits all. But you're absolutely right. We get to decide how we react. And so that's one thing we're teaching kids when we say, what did you do? But another thing we're figuring out is we're figuring out if it's time for us to step in. Because probably only 5% of the time, kids need adults to step in. If it's dangerous. When this is going on. When If it's repetitive, if they're really disenfranchised, if they're really disempowered, then yes. But parents ask me a lot when I go around and I speak about friend drama, which is sometimes bullying and sometimes not. But when you hear about it secondhand and only hear your child's side, it can be difficult to figure out which it is. And one of the suggestions I make, I call it the FedEx rule, which (laughs) is I say, if this is a new situation, if this is not the same kid and the same problem and the same reaction happening a lot, but a new situation, wait two business days. (laughs) Because it often happens that it works itself out. And then you can just post game that weekend with your kid. Hey, so whatever happened with that? 
And what are you talking about? Often, yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Look at huh? you. And a lot of moms <laughs> tell me like, I can't sleep at night, and it's all I think about. It. And then I ask my daughter the next day, and she's like, What? What? Yeah. <laughs> so, so is that a teenager thing? Mostly? Um, no. So it will be before that, too. Yeah, yeah. This is. So in Odd Girl Out, Rachel Simmons makes the argument that girls start behaving this way when they're about three. Wow. And so that girls really? start trying to manipulate a oh. social outcome. Yeah. Now, this is something I really wanted to say. When we manipulate other people to do something, sometimes we call it bullying and sometimes we call it leadership. <laughs> and what, what matters is what you had said, Jason, which is intent, but right. also means. Mm-hmm. So okay. I say to my kids, for example, I hear this interaction between my kids. One of my kids will say, play trains with me. And the other one will say, well, play Legos with me later. And say, well, I don't want to play trains. Now, if my son says, well, if you don't play trains with me now, I'm not going to play trains with you later. That's reasonable. Mm-hmm. That's a compromise. That's, that's, that's interpersonal skills. Yeah. Negotiation. Yeah, yeah. If he says, if you don't play trains with me now, I'm going to tell everybody at school that you still sleep in a pull-up. That's bullying. Yeah. And so how does he know the difference? He's just saying something that works. He wants mm-hmm. to play trains with somebody right now. What can I say that'll work? Bullying is not evil bullying is not acceptable but it's developmentally normal kids are just trying to figure out what will the traffic bear how do i get a person or a group of people to do what i want them to do Uh bullying is sometimes effective bullying happens what matters is what happens next that's what makes a child decide either this is cool this works for me i'm going to keep going with this or ooh, the consequences to that were worse than was acceptable to me yeah two-year-olds hit Right. And they often bite. Mm -hmm. And I hope that nobody at home who has a two year old who hits and bites thinks, dear Lord, I'm raising a sociopath (laughs) because two year olds hit and bite. But I also hope that they don't think that until we go to the pediatrician and the pediatrician says (laughs) it's okay, Everything's okay, Exactly. (laughs) But I also hope that people at home with a two year old hitting and biting don't say, do it again, sweetie. I'll take a picture and text it to grandma because it's developmentally normal. You know, like crawling. You bit. Yay. You're two. (laughs) Kid's going to be a fighter. (laughs) What we do is we say, oh no, we don't bite. That's not acceptable. We don't think, so we have our boundaries. Oh no, they bit. We're terrible people and he's going to be a terrible person. But we don't say, oh, it's cool. Two-year-olds bite. We say, sweetie, that doesn't go. Mm -hmm. It's the exact same thing with bullying. And whether a five-year-old tries it by threatening somebody with, well, I won't let you have snack. You know, if you don't do what I want them to, or if a 13 year old tries it with, I'll tell everybody that you engaged in that immoral sex act that you never have even heard of before. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So whichever it is, it's somebody trying to get what they want from someone in a way that's hurtful or damaging to them is not okay. But if they do it in a way that's encouraging, we call that camp counseling or great leadership or, you know, or initiative or negotiations. So we want our kids to experiment with it so they can find the line. That's a hard stop. Can't go past this, but work with real flexibility within those lines because that will help them be successful as people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You, you have an article in the Huffington post called don't bully proof your kids. You know, and that's kind of makes sense. I mean, yeah, you, you just, yeah. they, they're going to have to experience this stuff. And like you said, it's how do you navigate it? You know, how, how can we teach them to 
understand what the situation is and the severity of it and then how to react to that. Right. And when yeah. they need to reach out for resources, I am in way over my head. This kid threatened me. Um, this person's telling me to kill myself on social media. Right. What parent isn't like, why didn't you come to me? Right. And the kids learned some amount of powerlessness, not usually from the parent, mm-hmm. but from the social situation that there's no way a parent could get involved here and help, which is never true, but is often what the kid believes. There's no way a teacher could get involved and change the situation in any way. Well, isn't it also, I mean, especially as they get become teens, is that most children don't think that their parents listen to them, you know, or want to hear them. They, no, they love I, to talk to them. No, I think that the bigger problem is they think their parents will make it worse. They think okay. their parents will jump in and, and then like exacerbate, exacerbates the or problem or, or just whether or not it's embarrassing. I mean, breathing is embarrassing when mostly yeah. when your parents breathe, yeah. it's often <laughs> embarrassing. So I think they're kind of past being embarrassed. They think it'll make it worse. Their parents will do something where these people will punish them uh, severely, like going to the police about the mafia boss. Right. Right. You now you're marked yeah. for oh, death. Yeah. Yeah. And so they think getting adults involved will only make my life less worth living. Mm. And so we have an obligation to them to prove to them that we're trustworthy, that we will hear them, that we will take steps to keep them safe, but we will involve them in the process. But the reason that I say don't bully proof your kids is because I was reacting to something different when I wrote that. And that is parents looking at situations, imagining might my child possibly be bullied? Who's going to that birthday party, that sleepover? Uh, Well, I don't even want my child in that room, not because they've ever been bullied, but I just know that. It's not a good kid. Or um, I I don't want that excellent athlete on this team because they get all the opportunities and that makes my child feel bullied. Well, no, actually, that's not bullying. They're a better athlete. So we spend, so I get asked a lot about helicopter parenting. And one of the phrases that I'm really interested in right now is that helicoptering doesn't seem good enough for some parents. They are what I'm calling snowplow parenting. Because when you helicopter, you're, you're way up in high. Southern California don't know snowplow. I'm sorry, yeah. lawnmower parenting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because when you helicopter, you're so far above, you can't scoop in and rescue your child fast enough. You know, When you lawnmower, you smooth every possible obstacle from in front of them and they're behind you and safe. When, oh, that's interesting. And mm-hmm. so parents are doing this thing where they're evaluating every situation their child might enter into and not allowing them the to child, even be yeah. in a school, a school. Allowing them to fail, too. Right, and yeah. that's a whole yeah. podcast I'm mm-hmm. happy to do with you guys. <laughs> but, the, <laughs> but the opportunity, I mean, can you imagine if a parent said, well, I'm never going to send my child to a school if there's ever been bullying there. Well, that's every school ever. If schools could <laughs> schools end exist. bullying, I know. if schools could end bullying, they would have. Yeah. Schools can't fix it alone. Right. right. It's yeah. part of social norm, really. It is developmentally normal, yeah. but totally unacceptable. Right. That's yeah. that. That makes sense. Yeah. That, that no, makes sense. Totally. Um, you know, some statistics. I, I was pulling up. Uh, you had a, um, uh, a uh, infographic, I should say, that you put on your uh, on your website from Rawhide's Boys Ranch, rawhide.org, saying you know seventy two percent of teens report cyberbullying in the past year. That is a lot. It is a lot. I mean, Three fourths. Three fourths. Yeah, I'll yeah. say three quarters. I mean, I'm good at math. That's, that's three fourths. <laughs> totally down, is. Man. Almost three fourths. Um, 25% report bullying or being bullied more than once. Mm. So, I mean, that's, you know, isolated situations, it sounds like, are the majority. Mm-hmm. They go away. It's yeah. not something that's, like you said, that's a reoccurring thing. 
it's is it considered bullying if it's not reoccurring? That was if something. somebody's trying to manipulate you to do something that you don't want to do, and they're using threats or pain, emotional pain, physical pain, whatever it is, to do it. Then yeah, I think okay. it counts as bullying first time out. It's not necessarily something a parent has to or an adult has to jump in front of if it's only happened once, because we have to teach our kids that people will do things you don't like, and I have faith in you to try something in that situation and see how it goes. But I am standing right next to you, listening and paying attention, and I wanna hear from you how it went. Mm -hmm. So if it happens again, or if you're looking for some help, I can help you find resources, or I can be your resource if I feel competent to do that. We're not stepping away from our kids. And you're not making one step back. And you don't wanna, I mean, if I'm hearing right, you don't wanna necessarily say to them either, like, hey, if you have any problems, I'm right here and I'll do it. I mean, you know, you're right. not you're not doing that. You're saying I'm, I'll be here to support you or to help you do what you need to do. Our kids are social media experts. Yeah. And so we serve them really well when we say, wow, you're really an expert in this. So how did that happen? Is there anything that you know of that might fix it this time? Is there any way that I can help you find a resource that'll fix it better? They're usually pretty smart. They come they're up with really a lot of their own savvy solutions. About this. Right. And they're going to feel better about coming up with their own solution rather than, mom told me to do this. Mm-hmm. Our kids already know that we're excellent problem solvers. Right. We've been solving problems for them since they were teeny tiny. Now they have to learn to be great problem solvers, which is not to say that they should be left to deal with bullying alone but that we can use opportunities that bullying present if it's new, if it's individual, isolated incidents. We can use those opportunities to say, well, I think you're a good problem solver. Do you have any ideas? Right. There's another statistic. 90% of teens say they've seen someone be mean or cruel to another person on social media. 90%. I have to say yeah. the other 10% I feel like are just not paying attention. Just, or lying. <laughs> or they're not on social yeah. media. Oh, but, no, but like just not paying attention. They're just those kids who you're they're like. looking at banner ads. <laughs> <laughs> or, they're, or they're those kids that you're like, wow, did you see that thing? And they're like, what? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you Oblivious. stepped over your brother asleep on the stairs. What brother? <laughs> no, totally. Uh, I have that, a yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have a brother. That's news. Yeah. <laughs> that that well, kid was? <laughs> and so the other ninety-five percent of teens who witness bullying on social media report that others like them ignored the behavior. So exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying. I mean, just step over it, right? Yeah. You know? yeah. But I think, and I, I think I read there too. The majority or the reason that they don't take action is they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the same thing in parenting. We don't know what to do, so we yell, we do all these things. You know, if you're see somebody being bullying, you don't really know how to react. Mm -hmm. And if you're a bystander in person, it is easier to gauge the mood of the crowd like those girls did that I mentioned where Mm -hmm. they kind of all looked at each other and they all laughed. Yeah, but if you see like two people arguing on the street, you're probably not apt to run into the middle of and go, hey, everybody, (laughs) stop. (laughs) You know, I think I'm running for office. Yeah, Yeah. and everybody just needs to calm down. I mean, if they were your friends, maybe. If you knew the people or if it's on the playground. Yeah, like calm down, whatever. But, you know, two strangers or you know one person, I I don't know, you know, is it, is it, kind of parallel to that online where you see it's somebody even like, harder online first yeah. of all the feed goes really fast you can be like eh, nobody knows i saw that mm-hmm. and if you were to jump in you can't gauge the mood of the crowd so yeah. you might be throwing yourself to lions or you might be rallying with a bunch of people to yeah, who are you defense. to say anything blah, blah, blah. and yeah, now and then you're, you're, you're the shift, target and no you've you've shifted the you've pinned a target on your back yeah. you've shifted the focus that person may be quietly really grateful mm-hmm. but is that going to help you in that moment with that all of a sudden you know you're the slowest 
hyena mm. and, <laughs> and the lion's after you. <laughs> well, that's why peop- you're saying that people avoid it. They I'm don't, saying it's they, even harder yeah, online because to they step don't up want to be someone. that. Yeah, right. they don't want to be that, right, uh, that right. hyena. Yeah, that's a good good analogy. (laughs) Um, So as far as other tips, you know, for the parents, I want to kind of close out when, you know, your kid is being bullied, because I want to get to the other part when your kid is the bully. This is that's an interesting topic. Mm. Um, Any other things from a parenting side? I mean, we've heard, you know, you want to be empathetic. Um, you know, you want to try to, you know, ask them what they have attempted to do. And it sounds like really leaving it up to them or letting them lead the conversation in a sense, or you're kind of leading it, but you know, you're allowing them to give you that feedback so that they can sort of handle it and solve it on their own. Um, But then let's talk about the part where it's gotten dangerous or you're worried that it has. Sometimes we have to throw ourselves in front of our kids and say, I can't allow you to be in danger. Whether you're in danger from depression and suicidality or you're in danger from physical threats or whatever it is, sometimes we have to say, I do know better in this situation. Um, We are going to take this to the police, take this to the principal. We are going to be open-minded about switching schools. It's not always the answer. As a matter of fact, I think it's the answer in a smaller percentage of the time than parents think, because we always go to worst case scenario in our minds. FedEx rule. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. (laughs) But but we do have to recognize that this can be one of the most life-threatening things that kids will face. It happens a lot more than Meaning, cancer. Well, life, life-threatening because they will take their own life? Because or, they'll take their own life. But also, you know, I mean... Or a kid could, could do something. Kids can get beat up. Right. And, and I think now it, it has shifted more towards trying to bully someone into taking their own life. But even so, if you feel that your child, their health is suffering in yeah. any way, then you have to take a stand. I hope that you can do that and still teach them but when we step in front of our kids, we are teaching them when things get really dangerous, you get help. Right. In our family, we don't want to leave anybody on the field, you know? Yeah, yeah. It said there was a statistic too. It's 15% of the people that are bullied skip school. They said 3 million children skip school a month. School avoidance is a huge Just to, symptom. to avoid being bullied. Just avoid being bullied. Wouldn't yeah. you? The problem is yeah, my then they're hurts. home, yeah. then they're, and it does hurt. Right. Genuinely, right? I mean, they get that horrible knotted feeling in yeah, your how stomach. Many, I mean, I'm sorry, you probably see as a, you know, Sure. As a doctor, you see the people coming in, and you're like, this looks like anxiety to me. But schooling, <laughs> school avoidance isn't nearly as successful as it used to be because it, even during those hours of school, they're not free from it because it's on social media. Oh, look who's not at school today. I bet I know why. Did it, you know, it oh. never ends. Mm-hmm. That's horrible. They can't get away from it. See, so, I told you I didn't like social media. <laughs> social media can be wonderful. I and, it, and teens and young and, and an I hope nobody's I on social media who are not <laughs> teens because you're supposed to be 13 to be on these sites. And I think you should have to be 13 to be on these sites but when teens are using this they often use it for amazing causes and to rally for good and i think we should not be telling kids don't be online we should talk to them about being really intentional online but really intentional and positive online but the real issue is that there's no getting away so parents should be looking for a kiddo who isn't spending social time the way they used to with friends but is obsessively checking their phone is hiding their phone from their parents because they don't want anybody to see what's being said about them who looks frustrated or disappointed or angry after they've been on their phone who's sad you know that it's and i get asked sometimes should i snoop and i say you should look and then when your kid calls you on it you should be transparent yes yeah. i'm looking well also if if you can because we've had that episode we were talking about um the contract that the lady made right, with, with yeah. her son it was wonderful that 
you know, starting in the beginning about, right. I will have access to this. Yes. You know, I mean, that's how you start it. You know, it's difficult, obviously, if you've already done that and you're, you don't have access and now you're trying to get access. But, but you can start, fr- you can always start fresh with a kid. When they get an upgrade on their device, they get a new contract right. with you. Or when you say to them, hey, you know, you have this phone and I've been doing you a disservice. I've been giving you this idea that like you get a phone and it's just yours, but that's not even true for me. I signed a contract with Verizon. Right. So <laughs> you get to sign a contract with us from now. Right. Yeah. Let me know how that goes. <laughs> we did, well, we did it with, we've done it with both of our kids you when have. they've gotten their phones and we made them come up with the list After of the rules. fact or? Uh, no, actually when we started, okay. because they're on the younger end, yeah. my oldest is only 13. And so, you know, in our house you get, if you can afford it, cause you have to pay for half your phone and a third of your bill every month, Very cool. um, you get a dumb phone starting in sixth grade. Okay. And so. Um, <laughs> That's monitored. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because, well, it charges in our bedroom every night. They can't have it in their own rooms. And we have all the passwords or we take the phone back to the store. Yeah. Did you call it a dumb phone? Yeah, meaning not a smartphone. <laughs> so, I mean, is there no access to social media on a dumb phone? Right, exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, but you can still text and send pictures. There's, I mean, there's opportunities there's for bad behavior, yeah, sure. for sure. sure. Um, I think with a tin can and string, there's still by now, there's probably by now an app <laughs> for that. We used to do that. We used to do that. Yeah. There's, there's probably an app for tin can yeah. and string and how to, but then my son, once he got to the middle of eighth grade, he had saved up enough money and made a compelling argument that he should be allowed to get a smartphone. smartphone. But it's a lot to put the internet in your kid's pocket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. We oh. should think twice about that. For sure. Which, <laughs> that's a, don't get me started. <laughs> I have my rants on that. Um, so I want to get into the other side. And the other side is when your child is the bully. So I got bad news. Most kids bully. They almost all try it out. Not my children. Oh, oh thank goodness. We've met the exception. Yeah. But most kids try bullying for the exact reason that I said. It's a kid's job to figure out what it is Leadership. they want, <laughs> what it is they want, and then how do I affect that change? Babies do it by screaming their little heads off, right. and then hopefully kids get more nuanced about it as they get older. <laughs> right, yeah. But they still, they, they identify what it is they want, and then they try and make that happen. Mm-hmm. Well, often, you better do what I said or I'll tell mom and dad. That's a pretty common sibling thing to say. Yeah. So most and manipulation. And, right. Yeah. And well, I'd really like to invite you to my birthday party, so I think we should watch the movie I want to watch. Right. I mean, there's all kinds of subtle to very obvious cartoonish things that happen. Okay, maybe my kids have done it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You okay? No. <laughs> you just, but we, as we said, you just don't want to think that because it's such a bad label. You know, it's, it's such, a terrible there's label. There's stigma. There's like that. It's like it's evil. And the idea that your child is doing something imperfect, you know, imperfect. You're like, oh, no way. That can't be. There's no yeah. way that my child. But you know, this but goes beyond doing something imperfect. This is accusing you of raising a child who is Cruella Deville. Right. Yeah. And so <laughs> hearing that your child is a villain. Is impossible to hear. But if we recognize that bullying is a developmentally normal phase, then it will be. So a friend of mine just posted on Facebook recently this horrible bruise because her two-year-old bit her. And she's like, check this out. And she was not ashamed or embarrassed to say, my two-year-old bit me because she gets that her whole cohort knows that two-year-olds bite. She's not raising a sociopath. You can still invite him over for a play date. (laughs) They didn't video it, did they? Hopefully they did not send it to (laughs) grandma. Look, he bit. But they, they she was not a fear. She, well, she wanted sympathy and she deserved sympathy. This looked really painful. <laughs> but she didn't fear that people would think less of her parenting, less of her kid, because we all know two-year-olds bite. Okay. Yeah, right. If we can get there, 
about bullying, which is to say, most kids try out bullying. Then somebody would be able to say on their Facebook page, man, I think my 12-year-old's bullying my 10-year-old, or I think my four-year-old is bullying my eight-year-old. What has, it's not as bad of You guys word. have been through this. Yeah. What have you done when your kids have bullied? Right. Because of course, most of them have tried it. What matters, the reason that my 11-year-old, who completely bit me when he was two, doesn't bite people anymore is because we it. We taught him that that wasn't acceptable. Well, that's what I want. I don't want to pretend my two-year-old never bit, and I don't want to pretend that kids don't try bullying. I want to have effective strategies so that when they try that out, because that's normal, we have effective strategies to it's show them people know that this is not though. fly. I think a lot of people, and parents, especially let's say the first time through, very confused with what is normal. Yeah. I mean, that's you know, they come to the pediatrician, they come to whatever, their friends are like, because you don't th- know that it is normal. And about this, people won't yeah. talk about it because they're like, my kid won't have any friends. Nobody right. will ever want them over. They won't want them on their soccer team or at their sleepover. All those things that I was mentioning because they'll know that my child ever did this. And as a as a, the parent of it, you're like, you're like you said, you feel judged that I'm doing something wrong. And judged by right. yourself, too. Right. What kind of, because what do we say about bullying? They must have learned it at home. Right. If sure. she's a bully, her mother must be too. Mm-hmm. If he's, you know, if he's like this. And I always say, if my kids do something bad, they learned it at school. Right. They didn't, they didn't learn it from me or right. my that's, wife. But There's that's no because way. your kids must never watch television. Because that's what most people say. Yeah. <laughs> they learn Actually, they don't TV. watch much TV. Exactly. <laughs> but I said, you know, it is that you're like, you always have to blame it on something else. Sure. Like, Outside of yourself. Of and course. then when I hear my kids say stuff that's exactly the way I say it, I then realize, oh, like, maybe oh, they did learn it. Yeah. That is <laughs> But me. we never say about babies, oh, my baby's crying. Where did they learn that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I did hear, I remember think we talked about this, that there was a bl- uh, a deaf couple uh-huh. and they had a child mm-hmm. and the child didn't cry because it doesn't work. It doesn't because it doesn't work. Yeah. So the child ended up like banging and making vibrations and, and that flapping. Kind of, yeah. And that yeah. kind of thing. Movement. Which, so that's the learned behavior that like this works. Mm-hmm. I can cry. I can make noise. And then my parents are going to come. And but listen, it. I have four kids at six years top to bottom. I'm so grateful that my little one cried because otherwise I'm not sure anything would have ever gotten done for him like, oh right there's a fourth one we should get in there <laughs> yeah. it's I was a third I totally right. had the same thing it's like totally oh yeah what, they, they, they actually left me somewhere one time I mean on an accident <laughs> like we, we I think we were at swim team or something like oh that's right Jason needs to come back too yeah, I mean, so I'm, I'm down with that so I feel bad for the fourth one when I see when I see parents who have a couple of kids and they bring in their littlest for vaccines I always recommend that they leave the band-aid on for a couple of days and I said just so that when you're changing her diaper you'll be like oh that that's why you're cranky. I totally forgot you had shots <laughs> because with your first one, you're like, oh, he had yeah. shots and I'm so, and oh, oh, you, you made a face. Does it hurt, sweetie? Right. But by the third one, you're like, shots. Taking pictures oh, of them. Yes, you totally had you shots. Desensitized everything. Yeah. <laughs> so if your kid is the bully, what can we do? What so, are so first of all, so they're bullying that day mm-hmm. and kids know that the bully is the villain. So I don't want us to say, you were a bully or you are a bully. I want us to say, just like we say, we don't say you're bad. That was a bad behavior. It's, behavior. it's not that I don't like you, but I do not like the way you behave to that mm. person. Okay. Mm. So in that exact same way, I don't want us to say that kid's a bully mm. because then they've got a label that they've either got to live up to or shrug off. And it's much easier to live up to it. I want us to say, Hey, you tried bullying. Here's how I know, right? Here's what I saw that wasn't okay. And it's not okay. 
what else could you do? Just in the exact same way that we say to a kid who's been bullied, what did you try? And what else do you think you could do? Right. Again, if it's repetitive and it won't stop and it's becoming a real, you know, it's becoming a repetitive problem, we may have to step in and reach out for resources ourselves, ourselves, get them counseling or uh, go in and have conversations with educators. Educators are experts in this. So if you have an educator at your child's school that you trust or a coach or a piano teacher, anyone that you trust ask them about it. They're not going to be shocked. They right. know your child and they know hundreds yeah. of children. They are not going to judge And the you. fact that you're looking for that resource is respectable. I mean, I don't think I, you know, if somebody comes in and says, listen, I need, I need some help with this. I, you know, mm-hmm. People want to help. Yeah. And the fact that you want to fix it and you fact, I mean, I think that's a respectable thing you know, sure. rather than just kind of sweep it under the rug, <laughs> you know, and like yeah. my kid, that's not my kid, mm. you yeah. know, which I think people do. They do. For sure. I practice family medicine in a community with only a few middle schools, and I was seeing enough kids from a particular school who were having school avoidance and in a particular grade that I actually went to that principal. And I said, hey, I'm probably not telling you anything you don't know, but there's this social issue, and I'm seeing it. Now, the school knows who kids' doctors are, so there's no HIPAA issue. Right. Um, so I could say I have several of the kids in that grade in my practice, and I'm seeing headaches and stomach aches and school avoidance, and I think it's becoming a real problem. And interestingly, the principal said to me, oh, we know. I had that the parents of that child in the seat you're in last week, and we said, we're seeing this and this and this, and those are bullying behaviors, and we need to stop it. And those parents looked me straight in the eye and said, my child's not bullying. He's a strong leader. (laughs) And she said, I I was actually speechless because I said, "Uh, leadership denotes positive intentions and positive means. (laughs) And they're like, no, he's just effective. Wow. (laughs) Then you can say, okay, maybe they learned it at home. But in general, we're really afraid people are going to say. Were the parents politicians? They were not. He's a great monarch. (laughs) At least this, right. (laughs) And and listen, one of my kids, his entire third year of life, he woke up every single morning and apparently thought, maybe I'm the boss today. I know everything. I could be the boss. Today is my day. (laughs) And every single day we had to prove to him that he was not actually the little autocrat in our family. (laughs) And it can be really frustrating and you can feel terrible about yourself. And what does this mean for my child and for me and all those things? But if we can help everybody understand this is normal. Now you have to say it's not acceptable and say, okay, what did you want to have happen in that situation? Here's what you tried and why it's not kind and it's not cool. What's something else you could have tried? And have them try and come up with suggestions. But if they're fresh out, then we give suggestions. Right. You could try this, this, or this. Which one seems okay to you? you, you I watched a video that you had done. Um, and you were talking about your son and how you gave him an exercise to create airplanes. Yeah, and, and, so and, this is and, a specific and be nice. situation. Yeah, I think, well, I mean, the gist of it, if I understood it, was, you know, he, he was thinking, it wasn't, it was having difficulty Respecting other respecting people. other people, yeah. or thinking that everybody else was like as smart as him, or or whatever, or he was he was having trouble figuring out why anyone else was as valuable as he was, okay. <laughs> right? Why anyone else should get their way in a particular situation? Why there was and why so, compromise mattered? And really. you had him, which was awesome. You had him take a trait or a characteristic of everybody in the class that was positive and he had to come up with something he admired about every one of the 17 other kids in his class that's cool and it couldn't be something they were born with it had to be something that they do or you said also that they had to 
if they had something or right, it couldn't be something they owned yeah. or something that they were born with, right? So it couldn't be like cool curly hair mm. or a good singing voice. Mm. It had to be you know brave enough to sing in front of the class, sure, right. but it couldn't be about something that that kid couldn't control. So what was the right. end result of that? I mean, th- that exercise. What what ended up happening at the end of that? So what ended up happening logistically for him is that he got a day. We he made a paper airplane for every kid and wrote their admirable trait on it, and he got one of his parents to come into school with him. We had the teacher's permission and he got to read each person's admirable trait the thing he admired about them and fly them their airplane mm-hmm. and in class which is that for is a cool. bunch of reasons for <laughs> yeah. a six-year-old guy was a pretty cool oh, experience. yeah <laughs> but the reason we did it is because his teachers were proactive and came to us and said it at parent teacher conference you know it's really bad when you um get the email from the parents at the small school that says is there anything you're going to want to talk to us about at parent teacher conference and i wrote in and said yeah i just want to know how he's doing socially and got an email back that was like yeah really glad you want to talk about that could you come in for a 45 minute meeting (laughs) and you're like oh that's a Uh stomach dropping moment (laughs) and what they told us was he was just having trouble being partners with anybody because he's a really smart kid and he was kind of disdainful that anyone else would have anything of value to add Mm -hmm. and maybe smart child in the in the rank is this my second okay and so we talked to him about it and he was like well I'm better at them than this or this or at this. And I was like, so not mm. seeing the positive. So arguing with him about that was not valuable. Yeah. That was how he saw it. And his teacher said, the truth is he's not wrong about that. In this particular class, he is doing better at math and reading and whatever else. But he had to find something to admire about it to these people. And when, you know, he did the people, his good were, friends. Were the other, sorry, were the other students, um, uh, upset at him? No, it didn't seem like it. So it's not that they were like, oh, this kid thinks he's smart. And no, like, okay. the teachers said they just saw a just pattern own, that they yeah. that they thought would be a problem for him. He was not working well in a team. And, you know, he couldn't have a partner that he worked well with or work in a group really well. He was, he was being bossy. He wasn't to the point of bullying, but he was being really bossy and manipulative. Mm. And so we said, that ends here. So you have to find something admirable. And what was really funny is that he... It was easy for him with the friends, the kids he knows really well and really liked. But then there were like the last few, because we had him do one a day. Which he didn't like. The last few that he was, all girls, of course, at that point. And he was like, there is nothing admirable about her. And so I, and I had trouble with that because he knows them better than I do. And I don't mean he was right. I just mean I don't know them that well. Right. And so I finally said to him, so their parents don't love them? And he's like, well, I suppose their parents love her. <laughs> and I said, but they're wrong. Right. They shouldn't love her. There's nothing <laughs> admirable about her. And so he'd go, oh, fine, I'll think of something. <laughs> and then he had to go and spend more time with them yeah. at school so that he could find could something to yeah. give to us. And when while he was going through this, when he was getting really discouraged and feeling kind of lousy about himself, like we're making him do this and nobody else had to do this and he knew that there must be something kind of wrong with him. Yeah. I said to him, hey, buddy, I just want you to know that when you're done... Your dad and I have 17 things we admire about you. And we're oh, going to make paper cool. airplane and give you... And he's like, 17? <laughs> you can think of 17? I said, dude, we can think of 17 things in five minutes that we admire <laughs> about you. No problem. So, so that feels good. That yeah. felt good. And that was the carrot he needed to like make it through those last few girls who were super giggly and high-pitched that he totally couldn't <laughs> relate to on any level. That's like the ultimate encouragement feast that yeah. we do. Yeah, you know, we yeah. talk about at the dinner table going around saying what you love about each other or mm-hmm. that kind of thing. That's, I mean, I would imagine those other kids in the classroom absolutely loved it too. And it's I don't so think nice you could do hear. that in fifth grade. I, I mean, it's so nice <laughs> to hear In other first grade, like that me. was fine. But yeah. in fifth grade, you'd be painting a target on his back. You'd need a different solution. <laughs> right. 
Right. So he was first grade, so like six, six years old. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's that's good. Yeah. Um, kind of closing it up, I, I wanted to talk uh, or just mention a couple things of the types of bullying because we didn't really touch on a couple things. Um, we talked about like with girls, exclusion is a big, you know, that's kind of a bigger one than generally you know, yeah. you know, with, with guys. Cyber, all kinds of cyber stuff. So, I mean, the stalking, there's, there's that. Um, gossip, that mm-hmm. was another one. Mm-hmm. It was a big one. Yeah. Um, it said outing or trickery. Which yeah. I think you touched on was sort of that manipulation, harassment. Which I think in most cases that's what people think about the right. most. Calling and insulting, sure. yeah, yeah. Like when you think about it on the school playground or something, yeah. it, 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 yeah. harassment. But Picking there's also somebody. making kids your minions, <laughs> right? I mean, people with re- kids with real social power often have two or three kids that do their bidding, mm-hmm. yeah. really. And I was just recently interviewed for an article about this, and they said. What if a parent just doesn't know if their kid's got some bullying behaviors? And I said, then you just want to have them invite friends over and watch them. Yeah. So either their friends are changing and they you, you see that your daughter, for example, used to be friends with a lot of strong personalities. And now she's friends with people who are entirely biddable. You know, you, you say, hey, sweetie, why don't you invite some friends over for a movie night? And then while they're all sitting there having pizza, you say to the girls, not your, fr- your daughter, you say, what do you guys want to watch? If they all look to your daughter, well, whatever she wants, <laughs> that's a red flag. Oh, wow. Dry I have carpool because yeah. Yeah. for whatever reason, kids everywhere forget the there's a driver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. It's like they think they're in a in the Google yeah. car or something. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a great way to, to listen and see what's really going on, that's especially true. if you can keep your mouth shut. Right. Yeah. Just turn, observe. The, music, turn the music down a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit yeah. by bit by bit. Um, impersonation. That's another one. So it talks about just mimicking. Know, yeah. I guess impersonation somebody. of, uh, you know, somebody seems like flattery, though. Well, and then, (laughs) again, you have to see if it bugs your kid. Yeah. Right? We were just talking at this camp conference that I'm here speaking at, at Paradise Point, where we'd love free rooms, (laughs) 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 that that often moms will see boy interactions and be horrified. And the guys are like, what? We're cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If they genuinely are, we have to accept that. Right. And it's, I don't mean to make that gender assumption that that's always the way it goes, but I hear from a lot of parents, you know, oh, they're, they're wrestling, they're hurting each other. And I'm like, well, they're wrestling. Are you sure they're hurting each other? Yeah. And even if they're hurting each other, do they like it? Is yeah. it fun, still fun? And, yeah. and they'll yeah. take a few bruises for how much fun it is and it's worthwhile. No, I've done that as a kid, <laughs> uh, yeah. just wrestling and football and all, with yeah. no pads on. Four boys. It's like other. raising tiger cubs at my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your tolerance level is way different. I mean, it you, is. you spend, you know, I mean, even just with friends that we have, you know, because I have a boy and a girl, it's like, you know, our, the calmness that we have in comparison to when we go to somebody's house that has, let's even two boys or three boys. It's so different. And yet boys <laughs> who come from houses like yours never want to leave my house. Absolutely. They come to no, get picked up they and they're always, like, no, I live here now. Yeah, they always <laughs> want to go over there. You're so right. That's our son's always like that. He wants to go to his friend's house that has multiple boys over there. Yeah. But I will say that I've been worried because there's size differences in my kids. And so we instituted something that our kids learned in martial arts, which is tapping out. Oh, yeah. Anybody can tap out. Mm-hmm. So you get two taps on the shoulder or two taps on the ground and everything stops. And if it doesn't stop, you're in serious trouble. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and kind of closing out the the, the other types of bullying, um, cyber threats, which we touched on that as well. And then flaming. And I think flaming, it's an online thing as well where you're just flaming. Yeah, it's, it's you know, somebody posts online and then just a bunch of people come and attack. 
Oh, okay. You know, so you like sparking something, igniting something. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just basically. A I think it's the the vision I have is like you tie them to the post, but the, all the villagers show up to right. throw the rocks. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. There's just you know, and 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 as you touched on, I mean, it's such a serious topic of people. The idea that you know the the kids are thinking about suicide and you know, and and in many cases attempting it is just so sobering. You know that the fact that it can get to that level. Yeah, it's really. um, You know the things that we can do to try to avoid that. So, um, I want to also too. I wanted uh, for people that want to get in touch with you, and I I did mention uh, the website is askdrg.com. What are some of the other? You're obviously on every social channel that there is. (laughs) um, But what are some of the other ways that people can contact you? Um, The best way to reach me is either through my website, which has a contact page, or to ping me on Facebook or on Twitter. But the place that I think I have the most actionable tools for parents is on YouTube. I put up every week or two, I put up a one-minute video, and they're very specific. So if you're worried about how do I get rid of sibling bickering or backseat bickering, you know, or um, some of my most asked and answered questions on there that people hit the most are until when is it okay to be naked around my kids and oh my gosh kids masturbate what do I need to know about that and all of those specific vaping and very teen specific stuff? topics I mean a lot of you do a lot of teen workers with the camps and that kind of thing I do a lot of talking about teens but most of the people who are online searching for answers are looking for younger kids so okay. I really started about 18 months up until then just keep them alive <laughs> <laughs> but starting about 18 months when your child this is how you know that they're ready for a little bit of intervention they go for the dog's bowl over and over and over and you drag them away and you distract them and you say no and but when they go for the dog's bowl but they're looking at you Mm. what are you going to do about it i'm doing this thing you told me not to then they're ready to start learning about your code of behavior and what you expect from them Mm -hmm. that makes sense (laughs) that makes sense it is uh also uh for anybody that has questions for us um you can reach us at podcast at dudes to dads.com uh, we also have a sign up for a newsletter, which yes. we are going to be, we're, we're just collecting everybody's emails. We're yes. actually not going to send we anything won't spam out. You. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, sending up updates and things like that of new things happening. And then we've just now installed a forum discussion forum on the site, which is still in its infancy. So sure. bear with us. But, yeah. um, but what the, the, the reasoning behind that is that people can post questions and uh, we'll actually have some answers. So, awesome. Yeah. We'll yeah. be doing that. Um, so any other final words? Dr. G? I think the thing to think about when you think about bullying is what do you want to teach your kids about interpersonal re- relationships? How do they deserve to be treated? Mm-hmm. And how do they, should they be guided to treat other people? And if you keep thinking about what you want them to expect of other people when they're an adult and how that you want them to interact with other people when they're an adult, then I think that's an easy guide to know if they're on the right track or if you need to guide them a little bit. That was great. Great. Well, thank you very much for joining us here. Uh, We appreciate you uh, giving us some time. uh, You guys are a blast. Thank you so much. Well, we're not that exciting, but thank you. That'll help our our ego at least. Um, But uh, yeah, so another episode of uh, Dudes to Dads, and we will see you next time. So take care, everybody. Take care.